and the whole team, actually, in fact. It was really lovely this morning. Yeah, that was the worship team have just left us after that clap. Can we put our hands together for the worship team, please? I know it seems blasé sometimes to clap someone, but I don't know about you. I know for me, I actually appreciate affirmation. I appreciate encouragement. My wife is probably... Thank you. (laughs) My wife is probably one of the greatest encouragers I've ever met, and she's always encouraging our kids. So why do we clap sometimes? We do that to encourage people in their gift, to encourage them in their call, to encourage them in what they're giving out of themselves for us. Is that all right? So I know it feels silly, oh, we've got to clap them again. You know, no, no, we're encouraging them again. We're, we're speaking life over them again. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah, I, know, I know Mel's shared, and thank you for those that continue to pray. She's certainly in this season of burnout for her. She continues to improve. There's the odd step back, but she continues to improve. Generally speaking, she doesn't feel the anxiety that she was feeling, but occasionally it pops up and shows its ugly head. And then with quick counsel and prayer, it goes again. So she is on the journey of healing. And as my daughter would say, and now Mel says, she's walking in her healing. So thank you for your continued prayers. Amen. I just thought I'd throw that out there. I brought her up to say this. She has had some phenomenal times in the presence of God in worship. Not just alone and you know, scrolling through her favorite songs on YouTube, but last, even last week, and I imagine again today, she more often than not, let's say 90% of the time, tunes in because occasionally like, hey, what did you think of the sermon? Oh, I didn't watch it. Really? The worship was good. You watched the worship, you didn't stay for the sermon? (laughs) But she's had some wonderful times of worship. So appreciate what we have. Last week there was this awesome presence of God and again today and different people have experienced that and felt that it, it, the presence of God doesn't matter whether you're a church of 27 million or whether you're a church of 200 it all gets down to the heart of those that come yeah and it's what we bring it's our expectation and even when we come with sort of heavy hearts because of the week if we come with an expectation that father will meet me not an expectation like God has to but you know, I actually, I'm expecting to walk into God today. It's been a tough week, but I'm going to get together with my church family and together we're going to worship him. You'd be surprised what God does, yeah? yeah our weapon is what? Praise and thanksgiving, yeah? You should be saying amen. Who hates praise? Yeah, anyone got the courage? No. Then open your voices and sing sometimes, even at home. Sing, sing, sing. The other day, my wife and son, they were worshipping their heads off Samuel started to do this really terrible dance. And he, was, and he was dancing all around me. And I go, dude, he goes, you're miserable. He goes, you're mis-. he was saying to me, you're miserable like worship. So all of us sometimes need that encouragement and push, yeah? All of us from time to time. Anyway, today, 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 today. When I spoke last, I spoke on rest. When Ross sp- spoke last week, he was talking about Posturing ourselves in the presence of God doesn't require work or striving. I think, really, he, he talked about the trap of more of God, but it's the trap of wanting more of God and actually working for it. That's the trap. 
Because our work is not work in, it, in and of itself. Our work is praise. Our work is thanksgiving. Our work is sitting in his presence, in his arms, at his feet. That's our work. So that's not a work. It's when we put discipline after discipline after discipline after discipline after discipline in the hope of experiencing more with him than it falls apart. And so I loved last week's word. It was just really quite beautiful. So I want to try to continue with the thought of rest and the thought of where, where Ross took us to about not striving. Because if we can't get this right, we create a rod for our own back. It makes it really hard. And there are Christians everywhere that, you know, and, and we're all prone to this. That's, that was the, the message from last week, to step into a place where it becomes work. It was never meant to be that way. It was never meant to be that way. You and I, we need to be still in his presence. Yeah? So that's where we're going to go. So Father, bless today. Bless the time that we've got. Bless those that are watching at home. Bless those that are here. Bless the speaker that I might speak your words. And God, let us leave this place more and more in the image of your son, Jesus, with ever-increasing glory, we pray. We thank you for the sun. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for this wonderful day to be able to gather together in Jesus' name. So rest is only possible if we have a relationship with God, a right relationship with God. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So I guess let me start with this as a little bit of a foundation. The key to our journey, or better still, the key to our relationship with Father God is resting in Him. Those awkward pauses, I love those in worship. We need to get used to those. Yeah, it's a perfect place to say amen. But those awkward pauses is sometimes when you're, even when you're in a relationship and you're having conversation, you go out for dinner, Sometimes there's just an awkward pause. There's just a bit of silence as you enjoy each other's company. Yeah? Be still and know that I'm God. The key to our relationship with him is resting in him. And, and part, part of that, re that, that rest is being able to sit with him but also to let, let go of life a little bit. Yeah? So God can't have control of our lives if we're still holding the steering wheel. You and I, we've got we to let go of our grip and, if anything, uh, allow him to put his hands over ours on the steering wheel so that he moves our arms. Yeah? Does that make any sense? We've got to let go of our grip because when we actually fully trust him, that's when we get to know him. Yeah? That's when we get to know him. And it's there, it's there as we get to know him, it's there that we find our strength. And, and that's actually... that's where life becomes abundant. It's in that place. It says in Isaiah 30, verse 15, this is what the Sovereign Lord, um, this is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest yeah, is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Yeah? But you would have none of it. So they were getting it wrong then. Ross's message last week was that we're prone to get it wrong now. But I want to I keep unpacking some of these thoughts because it's so important that we know and learn how to actually be, simply just be intimate 
with Father God. Enoch's a perfect example. Genesis 5. Enoch walked faithfully with God, then he was no more because God took him away. Then it says in Hebrews 11.5, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. Lucky bloke. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. There's not a lot written about Enoch. There's really not, not much written about him at all. He seems like a really good guy. I mean, we've got nothing else to go by. And Father God obviously liked him. I mean, liked him so much that he took him home. What we do know about him is that he walked with God and then God took him home. I love this thought that Enoch walked so closely with God. Yeah, He was so intimate with God. Not through striving, but in his rest, in his life, in his walk, that he was so intimate with God that God himself couldn't stand being separated from Enoch. Isn't that why he sent Jesus to die on a cross? No, it wasn't for your sin. He dealt with your sin. What it was for was to bring you back into right relationship as a son and a daughter because he loves first. So imagine now in that love, knowing that, man, he must have loved Enoch so much that he would actually bring him home to be with him. That's cool. <laughs> if we did that, this day, these days we'd be in jail. I love that girl so much, so I just brought her home. I love that man so much, so I just brought them home. It just sounds wrong, doesn't it? But God loved him so much. You can laugh at that because it's a bit eerie, but it's true. right? That God loved. Some people don't know how to take me. You'll get used to me. But God loved him so much that he brought him home. He brought him home. So he takes him to heaven. Now that's a place of intimacy. That, that's what our faith's all about. It's stepping in, walking in, sitting in that place of intimacy. It's about nothing else. It's not about being called to be a pastor, though that's a good calling. It's not about being a missionary, risking your life overseas, though that's a good calling. It's not about just walking and talking with him each day, sort of in your workplace. It's, it's all about being in right relationship as his sons and daughters in a deep, intimate relationship with him. Not just one that passes by. Not just like your friends at school or at work. Hey, g'day, John. How was the weekend? Oh, you played footy. Went. Oh, you did what? That's all. It's not like that. This is deep, intimate stuff. That's, that's what it's about with God. Think of Noah, Genesis 6, 9. This is the account of Noah and his family, it says in verse 9. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. There's something about walking with God. It's not about complaining or wailing because we know the children of Israel did that and God allowed them to sit in the, you know, in the wilderness for 40 years trying to allow a whole generation to pass so that all of that complaining would go. It's more than that. Walking with him means doing life with him. Walking with him means having a deep, intimate relationship with him. Walking with him, it's a constant conversation with the living God. That's why I get so frustrated when people say, oh, we can't hear God today. I really don't like that theology. In fact, I, I would say, how stupid can someone be and still breathe? The whole idea is to have a relationship where we can talk with God every day and he talks back. He actually talks back. 
this, this walking with God, it's actually a turning face to face. Yeah, where we turn and we face God and we talk with Him and He talks with us. It's a resting in Him. That account of Noah suggests a lifetime of intimacy. It suggests a lifetime of friendship. It, it suggests a lifetime of obedience. A lifelong relationship lived out, yeah? See, here's what I think. That God is so in love with us, so in love with us, because that's the reason that Jesus came, to restore that relationship with us. He so loves us that he wanted that relationship that was stolen from the beginning. You know, you look at Enoch and you look at Noah, and then looking at everything that we've learned over the years, and I think this, that he wants to build, he wants to cultivate a friendship with us that's so deep and so rich that he actually can't bear to be separated from you, from me. He can't bear that. And because of the depth of that relationship, we cannot bear to be separated from him. It's a deep thought. Because how many of us go from day to day and we don't even think about him? It's not there in the moment because we're busy at work, at school, at play. And those things are good, but we don't invite him into that space. How many of us miss what he's calling us to where we can't bear to be separated from him? Can't bear to be separated. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. No deal. <laughs> no deal! I come because, yes, the presence of God here, yes, he's in me, but he's here and there's other believers. I can't bear not to be in that presence. I don't need to go to church. No deal. Something not quite as intimate as it probably should be, I reckon. Now, I don't know who this is for, but intimacy is not about being perfect. It's, it's so not about, I am not perfect. Ask my kids, right? I'm not perfect. It's not just, you know, intimacy is not just for those that feel as though they're more spiritual and they speak more spiritual. You ever met people like that? Yeah, like it's not for those. It's not for them either. Yeah, as in, it's not just for them. This is intimacy. Isn't something that's reserved from some for some far off date when we actually pass away and go to heaven. It's it's not something that we're waiting for to come. It's not that either. It's something that we can all experience and enjoy right now. And it's not work. It's not about trying harder that makes you feel worse. It's not about that. See, one of the Lord's primary goals for our life is that we would be a people of rest. Truly rest, 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 rest. We have to find where those places of rest exist for each and every one of us because they'll be different. You know, your rest with the Lord might be literally on the carpet with music playing. It could be while you're driving the car out in the country. I don't know where your place of rest is with him. But we need to find that. Now, if that's true, if all of that's true, that the Lord's primary goal for our life is that we would be a people of rest, then we need to be aware that the enemy will do anything in our lives to make sure that never happens. Ever, ever, ever. And we get so busy and things don't work out. And things fall apart. And they, as they're falling apart, you get stressed out. Everyone, anyone ever been stressed? Everyone, 
Ever been stressed to tears? Yeah, all of us. Even in ministry, yeah, sometimes you get so stressed and overwhelmed that there's just tears. Because John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. But pastor, I don't feel that way. I don't always feel like that. Well, let's give ourselves a little bit of slack. Is that all right? It's a process. Can we deal with that? It's a process. We've been waiting for Jesus to come back for 2,000 years. It's a process. It's a process over time to be still and know. It's a process over time to rest. It's a process over time to let go and give God control. It's a process. And it's a process to get to a place of experiencing and living in all of Him, more of Him. Yeah, it's a process. Because it can be hard to trust and rest in Him. True? Yeah? Like, seriously, I know this is sometimes a bit of a monologue, but caging some feedback would be okay. When life's not going all that well, it can be hard to trust Him, hard to rest in Him, hard to be intimate with Father God, but that's what he desires from all of us. So let's clear some stuff up in the time that we've got. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, Jesus said. So here's a thought for you to ponder. If he says, I am the way, then what I think we may miss is simply this. For Jesus to be the way, there must be a destination. Is that a fair call? He says, I am the way. Well, the way. To what? <laughs> our salvation is, and as far as I'm concerned, it's the saving of our relationship with him. Because when we look at John 3, 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. That passage, yeah, that passage for me, is Father God's rescue mission. Like, his rescue mission. I don't know how many of you watch movies. I love movies. They, I can sit there and relax. used to sleep a lot. Now with the CPAP, I don't sleep during a movie. It's so cool. Like, I watch it from start to finish. Like, I, I look like a cyborg at night. But during the day, I'm, a, I'm awake, which is really cool. But anyway, it's Father God's rescue mission. So if you think about, like, a Mission Impossible or Tom Cruise... This is, this is God's flat-out assault on the enemy. You know what? You've stolen the relationship I had with my creation. I'm not going to let that go unpunished. Let me deal with that. And so he creates a plan, and that plan was to send his son Jesus. And so that's the assault on the enemy, his rescue mission to bring us back into right relationship with him, right relationship as sons and daughters of God. So many of us have had for me, so many wrong ideas about why Jesus came. It was and always is love. And this is super important because the Greek word love in the passage is, is most of you, I imagine, would know, those at home would know, is, is agape, which means unconditional love. So the unconditional love of the Father for his children was what motivated him to send Jesus. And it's only that depth of love that can motivate a cross kind of sacrifice. No other love could motivate a cross type of sacrifice. No other love. Despite our imperfections, brother, absolutely. 
Jesus didn't come to judge us or to give us a set of rules to live by. That's what Ross was sharing last week. It's that thought that makes relationship impossible. It's so hard. I've been praying. I've been getting up at 4 o'clock every morning. But I still feel so distant while they're trying to keep their eyes open at 5.30 you know, to have dinner. I'm not saying those disciplines aren't good. But if they are a means to an end, not good. They're part of resting in him because out of the love that flows from our hearts. Jesus came to restore this right relationship. He came to make a way for us home, simply. There's so many of us, though he is the way, he goes, I am the way. And here we are as believers. And so many of us have moments where we're all lost. We're hurting. We're in despair. We're frustrated. We don't know whether A is coming after B, what's next. We go home, we put on a smiling face, we close the bedroom door and we cry. We're in our car and we wonder what's going on with life. There is no peace. Because though he's the way, we've been lost in the journey. And I, you know what? I don't think that's just me. I think that's a majority of us. It's so important to get this picture right. If we don't get this picture right and we don't get a right understanding of Father and His unconditional love for us, then how can we run into His arms when we've made a mistake? How, How can we go to Him and rest if we think we've fluffed up or we haven't done enough? How do we actually even trust Him and, as the Scripture earlier suggested, find our strength? Yeah? We get so confused about what Father God's like and how he sees us because of life around us. And when you're on your last five bucks and you get an envelope in the, in the mail and it's the next bill for 350 it's really easy to get lost and confused sometimes with what's going on. You know, When you're with the love of your life and they say something that rips you to the core, it's really easy to get a bit lost in trusting God and sitting in that rest. You know, life happens and the way that we've lived for years in our everyday life has become so normal to us (laughs) that it starts to determine how we relate to God. And that's not good for anyone. I mean, I grew up Roman Catholic. So in in my Roman Catholicism, as I grew up, the picture of God was was that of a father, really, with a stick. He was there to discipline you. That's, That's how it was. He was there to fix up all the wrongs in the world. That's why he sent Jesus, yeah? And there's Father God waiting for me to make a mistake so that, wham, he can fix it, you know? But because of the picture that I had of Father God, subconsciously, that's the only picture that I had of Jesus. And so when we get to things and we call him a good, good father, people go, oh, they struggle just with the thought because their own experience isn't like that. Their own dad wasn't like that. The picture they had of God wasn't like that. So it's much easier to believe that God sent his son to deal with our sins because we were so wicked and broken. Yes, we were broken, but he sent his son so that he could fix the brokenness, not to punish us for sin. Because the sin wasn't our fault. Yeah, we were born into it. Blame Adam for that. When you get to heaven, if you're not worshipping God and, you have, and you're not like, all lost in worshipping God, go and slap Adam. 
Like seriously, he's the one that's made our life difficult. And then the enemies just jumped in and go, yeah, I got them. Mate, life's going to be tough for them. And it's because of that confusion, that misinterpretation of what our salvation's for, that our salvation is for that we fall into the trap. And that's the trap that, that Ross was talking about. Like we can fall into the trap of wanting more of God, so we do more. It's not about doing more, it's just about sitting, and in sitting we get it all. <laughs> First Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Because of the picture that I had growing up, the picture I had was of an angry God, yeah? The best way to describe this, Samuel, come and be God for me again. Come on. Oh, if you're wearing your brother's bag, you are. Anyway, um, and I need, wait, let's just, someone needs to be Jesus. Who can be Jesus? Jalen, you be Jesus. No, Jason, you be Jesus. No, okay, come on, Jalen, you can be Jesus. Now, you're God. Just stand. Well, let's just... I'll get you over here, God. Stand there. I have no idea if you're in camera. You're Jesus. Now, I, I, I need a... We won't say a sinful person. We need a broken person. <laughs> Pick anyone. Come on, Ben. He's wearing black, so we can say, see, broken. Anyway, all right. Now, this is the picture that I had and so many... Christians had, I want you to put one hand like this, like you're keeping God away and you're keeping him away, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want you to walk towards God, sort of, but not really, and just lean forward a touch. The picture that so many Christians have is that Jesus is our mediator between us and God. And because of our sinfulness, God, Jesus is going, hey, Father, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, he's with me. He's with me. It's okay. Don't hurt him. He's with me. That, that is the picture we get because he's our mediator. But you know what the true picture is? The true picture is this. Put your hands down. Grab his hand. The true picture is, is Jesus is saying, come, my brother. Come, my son. Let me draw him this way. Walk this way. Let me bring you to the Father. That's the mediator that we love, yeah? Do you understand the picture that I'm trying to set? Thank you, Jesus, God, whoever you are. Thank you, person. Um, thank you, people. Yeah, like it's not, it's not Jesus keeping us away, God away from us so that God's wrath doesn't overflow. It's Jesus saying, listen, because of me, come into the Father's presence. You don't have to work for it. I'm bringing you here. Come with me to God, to my Father, to your Father. That's the picture of God. That's who he is. The other way, it's, it's not meant to be. And that, if we don't get that misunderstanding right at the beginning, if we don't straighten that out, then we work for stuff. So we've got to do more. We've got to do better. And, and I can't do better. I'm learning with my kids that I can't, like I want to do better. And I, and I guess in some part we do better, but sometimes all of me is all of me. This is who you got. And it's the same in my relationship, and it's the same with Father God. He knew, because before time, he made a decision to send his son, that while we were still broken and sinners, he sent his son to die on a cross. He knew what he was getting. He didn't then get me and go, oh, shucks. Man, I didn't realize Andrew was like that. Like, hello, he's God. 
He knows you in all of your imperfections. So when he sent his son, he knew what he was getting. He didn't expect you to come perfect or be perfect. Gosh. So to quote Ross last week, don't try harder because you'll only feel worse, yeah? Sometimes in our own lives, if we have had an average dad, we can have a poor picture of Father God, but God's just, he is loving. He's not angry. He's not a, he's not a big bad policeman. He's not that, you know? He's not our own mixed up dads for those that didn't have a, you know, a great example. He's our loving Father, and yes, he's holy, not taking that away. Our God is holy. Yeah? And yes, in that holiness, he still loves us unconditionally. And he still, though he was holy and realized where we didn't cut the mustard, he still sent his son to die on a cross for us, to bring us into our relationship. So our mediator died on a cross so that then he has the ability to draw us into right relationship with Father. Not to hold his wrath away. Flip. Get this into your spirit. This is Jesus speaking. John 16, verse 26 and 27. In that day you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No. Jesus speaking. No. The Father himself loves you. The Father himself loves you. It doesn't say the Father himself wants to wipe you out. Lucky for me. It says the Father himself loves you because you have loved me. And have believed that I came from God. We need to see God the right way. We need to see Father God the right way. It's where our significance, our value, who we are, it's where that stuff comes from. It's the only way anyone will ever be able to step into rest. It's when we know how much he loves us and what he's done for us. You know, I said earlier we need to give ourselves some slack because it's a process. Let me share this with you because this is really important. 1 John 4.16, in the Amplified Version, reads, We have come to know by personal observation and experience. I've said for years and years and years, if we don't experience God, what a boring faith that would be. Yeah? Like, what's the, what's the use of having a relationship with a spouse, male or female, if I can't kiss them? Hello? Some of that's the bonus of being in relationship to experience your partner. Why would we have a God that we can't experience? Why would we have a God that we only read about on paper but never actually feel his presence or his embrace or his love? We have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep faith, with deep consistent faith, the love with which God has for us. God is love and the only one who abides in love abides in God and the one who, sorry, and God abides continually in him. What I'm about to say is actually really, really important. Really important. It says we have come to know. The Greek word know there is, it's genosko. It's genosko. And it refers to a mental recognition of truth. This is really important. A mental recognition of truth. Therefore, it comes by personal observation and experience. In other words, at some point, right, our brains, our minds will come on board with the truth that we're loved. Are you with me? At some point, because the battle is always up here, but at some point, our brains and our minds will come on board with the truth that we're loved. 
and then we ex start to experience it because our hearts fly, our hearts open up, and it sees, it sees it in action in us and through us. That's not all, because then it goes on and it says, and have believed. We have come to know and have believed. The word believed is the word, it's a really bad Greek word, pistio, something like that. I'm, I'm Italian, I can't, can't pronounce Greek. But that word in Greek means to entrust or to put faith in, yeah? So it is our hearts that have faith and are able to trust. It is our hearts that have faith and are able to trust, even when our heads are still sceptical, yeah? It is our hearts that have faith and are able to trust, even when our heads are still sceptical. So many of us struggle to rest in him. So many of us struggle to be still and know that he's God. And we actually never find the strength that he has for us in everyday life. Yeah, Because we're still arguing stuff in our heads. Does he love me? I feel worthless. Oh, I, I, I'm not living up to the way that I should. Uh, what would Father God want, want to say to me anyway? You know, my life's been a mess. And so we try harder, yet we feel worse. You see, believing is different from knowing. Knowing comes from the head, but believing comes from the heart. And if you and I can fully embrace this, it's only when information yeah, makes its home in our heart and becomes revelation that we begin to live like it's true. Yeah? It's only when the knowledge that we receive makes it home in our heart, away from our head, yeah, and be that it becomes a revelation and then you and I begin to live in it like it's actually true. You know, that passage of Scripture again, we have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep, consistent faith the love which God has for us. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides continually in him. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. We have come to know and believe the love which God has for us. Remembering that that knows by personal observation and experience, right? So what we're knowing and what we're believing, again, the love which God has for us, that love which Father God has for us is, again, that same word, that same agape love, that same unconditional love. It's a process as we observe it and as we experience it. It goes from here to here, and then we start to feel it and live it like it's true. And we're all in that process. And I'd imagine not, not one of us has arrived, because we all have moments, yeah? Once you take away the moments, stop eating your Tim Tams, right? Because we all have moments. You know, how do we know when we're making progress in the process? When we wake up and we can walk around every day knowing deep inside that we're fully loved and accepted, our insecurities start to fade away. Like the stuff that comes against us still, is still there, but the insecurities don't grab hold of us. They don't take hold of our thinking. They don't control us. See, there's no, there's no fear for what the future holds because we're loved by the most wonderful Father and, and what he has and his incredible plans to to bless us and never ever to harm us. They're his plans for us. It's his unconditional love. 
So that means a love with no conditions to it. It doesn't matter. I mean, you can walk away from his love, certainly. You can choose not to accept it, but his love doesn't change. He doesn't move away. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. You know, the truth is that most of us don't understand the concept of being loved without condition because everything comes with a condition, you know? You know that the minute that you believe something else different to your friend and they're willing to wipe you off just like that. Yeah? I met, met some pastors recently and um, he's a builder and he used to do a lot of things for people that, for free that couldn't afford it. And then they planted a church and the minute he planted a church, those, those same people didn't want to know him. Oh, so that's why you did it. I thought you were my friend. You know, people's love is often conditional, you know, as long as you fit in with them. Even the most mature Christian find it hard to love unconditionally. What? You're unvaccinated? What? You voted no? You voted yes? Even the most mature Christian struggles to love unconditionally. Unconditional love is tricky for us, but it's not tricky for God. He doesn't love us only when we're perfect people, when we get things right. He loves us despite our challenges of heart. And he loves us past our moments when the rest of the world might turn their back on us. He still loves us. People in church turn their back so quickly. Like, flip. It's just not right. Gosh, I could tell you some stories. He loves us past our moments. You know, when we're unlovable, he still loves us. And it's not work. It's just rest in him. And if we can get that right, his agape, unconditional love into our hearts, it filters through to our whole being. And then, then we're the people that people want to be with. Then we're the people that, that people want to say, I am so blown away by the choice of songs this morning. I'm so blown away by the prayer time and particularly Jen's prayer. that They talked about want, sitting with him, resting in him, him leading us. Being all that we want. Like it's like God orchestrated and I did not tell anyone what I was preaching. I only finished the sermon on Friday. But God wants us to know that all we need to do is rest in him. He wants us to know that our hearts cry and all we need to desire is him. All I want is you. If we can get that right, then time with him is easy. Resting's a breeze and our strength that so many of us can lack at times is renewed. And I love this. I wrote this <laughs> and it's the words, a line of one of the songs we sang. I can't think of any better place. The words on the song was no matter. But I can't think of any better place to be than at his feet. I can't think of any better place to be than at his feet. I can't think of any better place to be than at his feet. He doesn't love us just halfway. It's certainly a process, but he loves us all the way. You know, there's a quote, unknown, no author, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He just loves us. It's a process. Loves you, it's a process. Whether you've got short hair or long hair, yeah, whether you're tall or short, 
whether you vote Liberal or Labor, it doesn't matter. He loves you just the same. He really does. Might struggle if you vote Greens, but he still loves you. Yeah. He loves you. He just loves you. Like, he loves you. Look, like seriously, look at the person next to you. He loves, he loves them, even if you don't. Don't look at your spouse at this point. Look at the other person. <laughs> it should bring peace to our heart because Father's goodness, it's going to be okay. We're loved. We're loved. And it also brings hope for the future that I'm a work in progress <laughs> and that he loves me without condition. It's not dependent on me having to do more and feeling worse. You know, Philippians 1.16, being confident of this, that he who began a work in you while we were broken will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's the father that we want to run into the arms to. That's the father that calls us to sit on his knee. That's the father that you and I have direct access to. And he's the one that we rest in. We just got to let go of our grip and give him a bit of control and rest in him. And then we let our hearts be intimate, regardless if our minds are screaming. Because boy, can they scream, yeah? Can I ask you all to stand as we close today? Sam, can you jump on the keys? I'm going to wait for him to play. Just that's Holy Spirit's moving now because the keys are playing. Can I ask you to legitimately close your eyes? Just close your eyes. And why do I? People ask, why do you do this? Why do you get people to stand? Why do you get them to close their eyes? Because it just postures us in his presence. It focuses us on the king of all kings. It gets rid of the distractions that we've been focused on while the person was speaking. Yeah? I want to speak this into our lives and your life today. God honours us when we honour Him. He meets us when we meet with Him. He gives us rest when we're at rest with Him. He helps us to walk in faith when we trust in Him. Because He loves us unconditionally. So family, it's time for us to rest. Rest. It's time for us to rest. time for us to trust some of us have to learn to rest and some of us have to learn to trust Ben it's time for you to trust it's time for you to rest Nath it's time for you to rest Ryan time for you to trust Crystal trust Roz rest It's just time for us to sit there.